Amen. As we remain standing for the reading of God's word, once again to our dear Sister Janie Fair, congratulations to you and your wonderful family, all the educators that we have honored, Dr. Mary Helms, Dr. Tom Thompson, and all the current educators and former educators. And we're also praying for the family of our dear Sister Stephanie Amica. Stephanie's funeral will be immediately after this service today at 1.30. She was a teacher, I think, at Summit Middle School. And uh, our very own Sister Shell is the principal there. And Stephanie died unexpectedly, amen. Young age, amen. But we are praying for her family, amen. We know that God has something better in store for her. There's a word from the Lord that is found in the 11th chapter of the book of Hebrews. This series is entitled By Faith. It is an eight-part series that looks exclusively at the 11th chapter of the book of Hebrews. And it takes these verses. It is referred to Hebrews 11 often as the Hall of Faith. In this one chapter, there are 16 names that God calls out and commend them for their faith. Uh, 21 times in these 40 verses, the Lord chooses the words by faith. In other words, he's telling us that if we are going to live this life, if we're going to make it through all we've got to go through, it's not by our power or our might. It's not according to your resume or your bloodline or your DNA. Hey, but it's by faith. Amen. How many of you know? I like what the old church used to say, Pastor Bradley. We've come this far <laughs> by faith. <laughs> Anybody know that? Leaning on the everlasting arm. We, by faith, we are standing. So here is this third message by faith and once again we have chosen to highlight one of the characters that's highlighted in the 11th chapter the 11th chapter of Hebrews verses 5 and 6 reading from the NIV translation and it reads by faith Enoch somebody say Enoch Enoch was taken from this life so that he did not experience death he could not be found because God had taken him away. For before Enoch was taken, he was commended as one who pleased God. Listen to this. One who pleased God. Verse 6, and without faith. It is impossible to please God because anyone who comes to him must believe that he exists and that he rewards those who earnestly seek him. And the church said, amen, amen, amen. I would tell you to catch somebody's hand, but y'all reminded me it's flu season. Can I let you in on something? If all the breathing they've done on you don't give you the flu, 
holding their hand certainly won't do it. Amen. Let's make the devil mad. Just grab somebody by the hand. <laughs> Say, by his stripes you already healed. Amen. 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 This third message in this series that is entitled By Faith says this. Squeeze those hands, look at someone, and say, by faith, we live to please God. That's what we want to talk about. Amen. You may be seated in the presence of the Lord. By faith, we live to please not your mama, your daddy, your sister, your brother, your husband, or your wife, but our number one goal is to please God. Listen, at the beginning of this year of 2019, we declare that this is a year that we walk by faith and not by sight. We declared that throughout this year, we would be on this faith journey we will call ourselves faith walkers <laughs> because we are not going to live by what we see. We're not going to be driven by how we feel or what others think, but we are going to walk by faith. It's not easy, but we've set our mind that nothing will get in our way as we do what God has instructed us to do. Now listen, perhaps one of the greatest challenges facing those of us who are people of faith is how do we live a life, listen to this, that prioritizes pleasing God above anything or anyone else. That is a challenge. As a believer, as a faith walker, as a person of faith, how do you live your life where God always gets priority over everything or anyone else? Look at somebody and say anyone else, anything else. That is a challenge, particularly in this environment in which we live in. But we live in a society in which people are often commended, rewarded, and celebrated for living self-centered, selfish lives. We live in a world in which people think their greatness is judged by how many people follow them on social media. Live in a time in which we equate our success and we are validated by what other folk could think of us. And so we live a life to become popular. Live a life to become well known. What people will not do to travel in, quote, what they consider to be the right circles. I have been totally disgusted and nauseated watching people kiss up to folk 
that at the end, when they need a breakthrough, can't do anything for you. One of my political mentors told me a long time ago, Senator John Wesley Matthews from Bowman, South Carolina. I was a young man at the State House. He said, son, remember there are people who can help you but won't help you. And then there are people who want to help you but can't help you. So you've got to go to the one person who can always help you. <laughs> how many of you know how to lean on God? Because at the end of the day, who? Only God can do for you what nobody else can. I preach to folk. So we, we celebrate people for being selfish. We, we commend them for living self-centered life. In fact, I have heard it one time too many. People say this and they say it with great pride. They boast that their number one mission is to look out for themselves no matter what. People encourage you and tell you, baby, you better look out for yourself. They won't help you and folk won't help you. And that may be true, <laughs> but you know who will. And so folk have decided that self-preservation, self Promotion is their number one goal. That's why they talk about themselves and it's I and me. Look at what I've done and what I can do because they feel as if they have to promote themselves. But when God is on your side, you don't need to self-promote who you are what God has done, you don't even have to brag about it. Amen. Amen. For the Bible says, let others see your good works and glorify your Father, which is in heaven. So, so, and this is what I'm going to talk about Thursday night with the young people. Some, there are three groups of people. There are those who are self-pleasers. And then secondly, there are those who are people-pleasers. These are people who would do almost anything to please other people. These are people who go out of their way just to be validated and to please other people. They even will subject their spirituality to the popularity of themselves in the eyes of others. I'm preaching to somebody. In other words, they will let down their moral fabric just to have somebody else pat them on the back, knowing that they're outside of the will of God. I'm here to tell you, if you live your life as a people pleaser, you will never make it. Because what I've discovered about people is that you can't ever please them enough. Amen. But once you subject yourself to do one thing, they will raise the bar and there will be something else. Uh, but you've got to make up your mind. For God I live and God I die. Listen, we as believers must live our lives first and foremost to please God. Not to please ourselves, not to please others. In fact, 
the Apostle Paul writes this powerful verse in 1 Thessalonians chapter 2, verse 4. The NIV translation puts it this way. I love this verse. It is a powerful verse that we all ought to apply it to our lives. Paul says, and I quote, we speak as those approved by God to be entrusted with the gospel. This is the part I like. We are not trying to please people, but God who tests our hearts. Uh, so Paul was saying that our real goal is to be pleasing to God, the God who, who tests our heart, God who knows our downsettings and our uprisings, to God who, who knows everything about us. Paul says, says, says I've, I've determined that we can't please people and, and you can't just do things to please people. You have to be pleasing to God. Now, when I say pleasing to God, now, please note this. Pleasing to God is not subjecting other people to your warped theology. Because theology comes and goes. But pleasing to God is when God speaks to your life and tells you the right. See, see, see we are so judgmental that, that we are easy to point out the faults in others, knowing ourselves that we're not doing everything that God asks us to do. God's greatest revelation to us is not through the scriptures, but through him personally speaking to you. Because the scriptures are corporate revelations. But there's some personal revelations that God speaks to you and say, now you know you need a better attitude. God speaks to you and say, straighten up and don't act like that. God speaks to you and say, speak to that person. Put a smile on your face. Go give somebody a hug. Go take care of your family. Live by an example. God speaks to you and say, don't just be the man when the lights are on or the woman when everybody's watching you. But when nobody watches you and you're home by yourself in your private moment, let your private life reflect your public disposition. That's why I detest hypocrisy. And, and I, I've, I've gone to the point where I've, I've just become jaded with stuff I hear. And I, I, I don't even listen to stuff anymore. I don't listen to nobody's tapes, nobody's nothing. I just, because I just don't know what to listen to. A, a whole lot of folk preach to you and live in diabolical sinful wickedness and just and, and they, they're all out for the wrong things and you falling all out slobbing at the mouth letting people speak over you and they're, they're imparting in your spirit all of that wickedness that's coming out of them that's why if you want a word of revelation you need to get it from the Lord speak to me Lord yeah, yeah, yeah. Eli said to Samuel, the next time you're confused about the voice of the Lord, say speak Lord that servant here, amen. Now it's not easy. May I preach to you? It is not easy to try to live a life that's pleasing to God. When you live a life that's pleasing to God and you attempt to do that, listen to this. There will always be obstacles. There will always be trials. There will always be temptations. And yes, 
Look at someone and say, there will always be haters. Whenever you try to do what's right in the sight of God, you can expect some haters. And some of them are sitting up in here right now, clapping their hands with you. Some work with you. Some are in your family. Some are very close to you. And some you think your best friends are smiling in your face, wanting all along to take your place. Come on and testify, Joseph. You got to be careful who you share your dreams with. Y'all going to make me preach up in here. Joseph was so naive, he thought everybody would celebrate what God, but everybody doesn't celebrate your relationship with God. There's some Joseph's brothers in your circle that you've got to be careful because they have put you in a pit to try to prevent your dreams. But no pit, no dungeon, no devil from hell. Uh, am, am, am I right about it? No temptation by anybody can stop you from getting what God has for you. Joseph said, what you meant for evil. God meant it for my good. Come on, we're praying against haters. Because somebody say in the name of Jesus. We're praying against haters. Everybody don't like you. To those educators, we honor this, this, this man. I know you can't honor everybody. For everybody that's happy, that somebody say, why didn't they honor me? I've, I've been teaching too. I mean, well, well, your day is coming. And just go ahead. Maybe God is privately honoring you. <laughs> Amen. If you're doing it for public accolations, then you're doing it for the wrong thing. You just got to walk with God. And if it's well with you and God, then that's all you need. You don't need anybody to call your name. You don't need anybody to pat you on the back. If God said it's all right, if you are pleasing to God. Can I preach this? There are folk that are out there to distract you in your relationship with God. And all distractions are not things that are wicked and evil. Amen, somebody. Some, some distractions are good looking, attractive. There's some Delilah's who you feel comfortable putting your head in their lap. Y'all <laughs> going to help me preach. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> and and you, you better be careful because every lap you lay your head in doesn't always mean you good. There's some folk that want to steal your anointing because they're being driven by the adversary. But I declare and decree that no weapon formed against us shall pray. Anybody want to stand firm on anything the enemy brings your way? Come on, we've got, uh, Job said, if you declare a thing, it shall come to pass. Look at somebody and say, it will not work. Be careful who you hang around. I feel something in here. And everybody that claps their hands and do a church dance, they are not anointed. Amen. 
There's some folk appointed by the adversary to do nothing but steal your joy. But I come to declare to every devil from the pits of hell, it's too late now. I've come through too much to turn around now. How many of you know you are not a people pleaser, but a God chaser and a God pleaser? I got to get up out of here. I've got two more services a day, but I feel like preaching. Every hater, every demon that's trying to distract you from your anointing, you better have the faith to look them in the eyes and say, get behind me, Satan. Come on, somebody. You better know who's on your side. And anybody who's not on the Lord's side is not on your side. Amen, somebody. In the text, Hebrews chapter 11, that originates from Genesis chapter 5. In the text, we see the story of a great example of this kind of faith that pleases God above anything else. In the life of Enoch, one who by faith lived his life to please God. Enoch, a true hero of faith. Enoch, the seventh generation descended from Adam. Somebody say seven, seven. The number seven. The text tells us the background text tells us uh, that, that, that Enoch did not live in, a, in, in an easy time. In, in fact, he preceded Noah. You know what the Bible says in Genesis chapter 6 about the Noah generation. Uh, but Enoch was a man who had, according to the scriptures, According to Genesis, Enoch had a conversion experience. Let me, let me help you out, show you something. Because everybody thinks if you don't start out all right, you aren't going to get there. But Enoch was 65 years old before he was converted to walk this way. For in the book of Genesis, the fifth chapter, beginning at the 21st verse, uh, it says this, concluding at verse 24. It talks about Enoch. The NIV translation says, when Enoch had lived 65 years. The text says, Genesis 5 and 21, he became the father of Methuselah. Now look at this. This is the verse I want to call your attention to. Verse 22. After he became the father of Methuselah, Enoch walked faithfully with God. Ooh, something happened at 65. <laughs> Look at somebody says it's never too late. <laughs> that changed Enoch's life. Text indicates to us that when he became a father, Enoch realized I can't live a selfish life. I, I'm responsible for somebody else. There's somebody who's looking at me as an example. 
I'm here to tell you there's always somebody looking at you. If you are a parent, if you are a guardian, if you are an uncle, an aunt, or somebody, folk are looking at you as an example. And do you want folk to grow up and be like you? I had a conversation with somebody the other day, a staunch Trump supporter who was a wonderful man of God. This person was, and they were a faith person, got small kids, and we were talking at the end of the conversation. I said, well, let me ask you one question. Do you want your son to grow up to be like him, Trump? And the guy shook his head and said, well, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not he, he ain't no preacher, no priest. I said, I didn't ask you all that. Don't get deep on me. Just, just, is that the example you want for your child? Amen. In other words, we've got to live our lives knowing that other folk are looking at us. And when it's all said and done, when nobody listens to my broadcast and nobody views the tapes or hear me preach, I've got to live a life where folks see how I treat folk and see how I treat my wife and sons and treat folk that I don't even know. And that's what I'm judged by. I'm not judged by how I can articulate or pontificate. I'm judged by the life you live when folk look at there, a whole lot of folk can articulate and pontificate and are evil and wicked. Enoch decided, I've got to live a life. So here's what the text says. Enoch, it says, verse 22, after he became the father of Methuselah, Enoch walked faithfully with God 300 years and had other sons and daughters and although Enoch lived a total of 365 years, look at verse 24, Enoch walked faithfully with God. He walked faithfully with God. So in the midst of sin, in the midst of a wicked, sinful earth, Enoch decided that I'm going to be on God's side. Enoch, while, while the earth was getting more wicked, and evil and diabolical. Enoch decided I want to be like. So to everybody who uses an excuse of your environment is the reason you are who you are. The devil is a liar. The God I serve can have you walk up right in an awful environment. For you are not judged by where you are. You are judged by who you are. And who you are is based on whose you are. And you, when you're on God's side and God's in you, you can walk up right. You can be a shining example of righteousness even in the midst of confusion. So tell the devil to get behind you. And just because your daddy was a drunk doesn't mean you got to be a drunk. That the devil, just because your mama walked out doesn't mean you got to walk out. But God can raise you up to be whoever you are. Is there anybody who says that I am on the Lord's side? And you can stop living sinful when you decide that I'm going to please God and not man. Listen, Enoch was an awesome man of God. It amazes me how Hebrews 11, Genesis Five, talk about Enoch. And it doesn't really talk about his profession or it doesn't even talk about his ministry. Ooh, but it talks about his faithfulness. Enoch was a prophet. How do you know that? Jude chapter 1, verse 14 and 15. Go home and read it. Jude tells you that Enoch prophesied 
to the wicked folk about, about, about the coming of the Lord. That's, that's what the Bible says. It's an Enoch told that the angels of God are coming and God will, here, here's what it says. Let me read it. Thank you upstairs. Enoch, the seventh from Adam, prophesies about them. Here's what Enoch says. See, the Lord is coming with thousands upon thousands of his holy ones. Here's what Enoch said. He prophesies to judge everyone and to convict them and all the ungodly. But none of that is written about in Hebrews. God didn't mention in Hebrews 11 that Enoch was a prophet. I'm talking to somebody. When you get the glory, God don't want to know how many sermons you preach, how well you sing on the choir, how many Sundays you usher. All he all want to know, did you woke up right before me? Were you pleasing to me? What made Enoch stand out was not his calling but his walking before God was not his ministry. We are so obsessed on our ministry that we forget our vocation is to walk upright before the Lord. And if you aren't right, then everything you do is a waste of time. Preach Pastor Jackson. Enoch had this testimony that I please God. He wasn't a people pleaser. Didn't try to please himself. He made a faith decision. Ooh, look at somebody and say a faith decision to please. What is a faith decision? A faith decision is when you can't see it. I walk up right. When my money is short, I walk up. When folk treat me badly, I walk, when, 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 when no friends are around to encourage me, I have to encourage myself, but I know how to walk up right before the, is there anyone in here who's made a faith decision that I'm on the Lord's side? I, I'm, I'm, I don't have to do what I see everybody else do. I hate people pleasers. I hate those who jump on bandwagons. I hate folk just because somebody else is doing it, they doing it. Now, when I say I hate, I don't mean it in a negative sense. I mean that it's not a good thing for, for folk to live their lives emulating somebody else. Can I give you some advice? Don't try to be like Pastor Jackson. Don't try to be like Deacon Kennedy or anybody else. All of these are honorable people, but be like God. Because at the end of the day, you don't know what I struggle with. Amen. You, you want to be somebody that God has called you to be. And if God is on your side, he knows your faults and he still blesses you. When you walk and you live your life to please God, everything and everybody else takes a second seat to God. Amen. Your career takes a second seat to God. Amen. If there's something in your career that will get you ahead, but it violates the principles that God has asked you to live by, turn it down. 
if there's somebody who want to come in your life that may be good to you but bad for you, you ought to turn it down. For God to help you find your Boaz, even if you got the weight, and even if you are out there with your hands in the dirt. Come on, Sister Ruth. God, God, in, in, in fact, Ruth never did find Boaz. Let me preach to this side of the church. Y'all help me out. Look at somebody and say, the reason Ruth didn't find Boaz is because she wasn't looking for Boaz. Boaz and Ruth got hooked up because Boaz saw Ruth's hand in the dirt. No pedicure. No, no, no Louis Vuitton bag. No, no, all of no, no Gucci purse. But, but, but Ruth had her hand in the dirt and said, and your God shall be my God. And where you go, I will go. And your people shall be. Y'all help me encourage somebody and say, when you live to please God, God will hook you up with who you need to be with. Come on, somebody. You don't have to compromise your moral principles to get something that was not even designed for you anywhere. And just because it's with somebody else doesn't mean it's good. You are sometimes being by yourself is better than living with the devil. Preach, Pastor Jackson. When God gets ready, God knows how to bless you. He'll turn your misery into a testimony. God will turn your heartache into celebration. God will turn your crying into rejoicing. When you live to please God, whew, God will bless you with his favor. And all these blessings shall overtake you. If I had time to preach, I'll tell you, bless in the city. Bless in the field. Bless going in. Bless coming out. Look at somebody say, neighbor, I am one bless somebody. Because I don't worry about what you say. Not trying to please Tom Dick or Harry. But my goal is to walk upright. Is it well? Is it well? Is it well? Is it well? With your soul, give God your best praise. When we live a life that's pleasing to God. The Bible doesn't say much about Enoch. Enoch is only referred to twice outside of Genesis dealing with his lineage. One is Hebrews 11 and 6, and the second one is Job 1, 14 and 15. The Bible doesn't say much about Enoch, but it says what it needs to say. He walked faithfully. He pleased God. When it's all said and done, you're going to be judged by how you walk with God, not how you talk to Pastor Jackson. 
Not how you suck up with your fraternity or sorority. Not, not how you try to validate yourself on your job. When it's all said and done, you are going to be judged by your relationship with God. Look at somebody and say, where do you stand with God? Is it well with you and God? Can the Lord count on you? <laughs> Can God cause you his friend? Uh, will God be able to say, as he told the devil about Job, have you considered my servant Job? And when you walk up right before God, God's going to bless you in ways that eye has not seen. Stand to your feet, ear has not heard. Look at somebody and say, get ready for God to bless you in ways you never imagined. By faith, we live to please God. Amen, somebody. If nobody ever knows your name, if no one ever recognizes how great you think you are, <laughs> if you have a relationship with God, that it is pleasing with God, then everything is going to be all right. God will make it all right. Tell somebody to walk with God. <laughs> Hook up with God. Let him be the source of your joy. Let him be the strength of your life. And in fact, subject your total self to the will of God. The gospel artist William McDowell, Elder Tony G, says, I give myself away. <laughs> See, let me tell you something. Can I tell you something? God doesn't share territory. You are either on God's side or the enemy's side. God, God doesn't share you with the devil. You are either for him or against him. You will either live your life to please God or you live your life to please others and yourself. But when you live a life to please God, here's the sacred part of this service right now. And I'm ending this early. You've got to give yourself to God. Look at someone and say, who do you belong to? Stop obsessing over how your life is going to turn out. <laughs> if God be for you, who, who can be against you? I believe that there's some witnesses in here that if you trust God, everything will turn out all right. God will bless your career. Won't he do it? There's some faithful people in here. Deacon, Deacon Thomas, every time I see your son TK, I think about God, man. That's an answer to prayer. God, don't tell me what God can't do. This is a result of faithfulness. If you walk upright with God, God will bless your children and your children's children. And it may not happen when you want them, but watch God. Watch God. Pastor Jackson, what are you saying? Put everything else on a shelf 
put God first. Give yourself to God and watch God bless you. The second stanza of this song say, here I am, here I stand. Lord, my life is in your hands. Lord, I'm longing to see your desires revealed in me. Somebody lift those hands and say, I give myself, I give myself away so that you can use me. Ooh, listen to these words. Take my heart, take my life as a living sacrifice. I love this next sentence. All my dreams, all my plans, help me Holy Ghost. Can we say it again? All my dreams, all my plans. Lord, I place them in your hands. In other words, if I'm going to make it, it's not going to be I work harder than everybody else. It's because you are on my side and I turn my life over to you. Anybody know that God can make a way where there is no way? I need some witnesses in here that says all my dreams. Lift those hands and say all my plans. Lord, I place them in your hands. I give myself. I give myself away. If you want to make that commitment, walk down the aisles, leave your seat. This is a special altar call for all of those who want God to help you to put others and yourself behind you and place God first in your life. Come on, walk down the aisles and stand at the altar. This is, ooh, this is God saying, come on. Away. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, I give myself away so you can use me. I want to please you, Lord. Give myself away. Ah, yeah. Young people, it's God. I give myself away. So you can use me, I give, I give myself away. Oh, that's right. Somebody else is coming. Look at these. Look at these young people are coming from the balcony, and others can use me. Come on. Give myself. Listen, do me a favor. I want everybody under 40 to walk down these aisles and come stand at this altar right now. You're, that's right. You, come on, now. everybody. God, God told me to do this. Look at God. Yeah, I get. Here I am. Here I am, Lord. Look at God. They're coming from the balcony. I want to touch and agree that God's going to bless you. Yeah, yeah, look at God. Give myself away. 
Look at God. They're still coming. They're still coming. Amen. They're still coming. That's right. Come on. Come stand at this altar. I give. I want the young people. Come on. Tashan, Antoine, Jonathan, TK. Y'all come. Stand. Stand right up front. There, God told me to come on. Quiet. Quiet. Come stand right here behind me. Come stand behind me. Y'all stand at the altar right there. As a sacrifice, as a living All my dreams, all Look at God. Look at God. Look at God. Lord, I place him. Lord, I place him. Tell me your Give myself away. Come on, put the cameras. Listen, just so you know, and I pointed this out, and I appreciate it, and God told me, I'm going to pray for all of these here, but Enoch was 65 before he had his conversion. So I need you to look at somebody and say, it's never too late for you to give yourself to the Lord. And I don't know how he lived for the first 64 years of his life. Maybe he lived selfishly. Maybe he lived to further his career. But at some point, it clicked in Enoch. Woo. At some point, the light went off that this cannot be just about me. Woo. This has to be about the Lord. And I want to speak to everyone under the sound of my voice. This can't be just about you, your career, what you want. You have to walk upright before the Lord. Because when you give yourself to God, God will bless you in ways. God will open doors. I, God is speaking to my spirit. And God said, in this worship center this morning, there's some phenomenal gifts that God's going to bless. Some of you, God's going to open the windows of heaven. Some of you, God, God's about to open businesses and some of you are about to get scholarships and promotions and, and your families are going to come back together and your children that you've been praying for, God's going to restore them. And ooh, I feel something right now. Come on, all the worshipers, so just lift their hands. I 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's right. Come on. Oh, I, I give myself away. I give myself away. So you can Where do you stand with your relationship with God? Now it gets personal. Because, see, this is not about you having a whole lot of time. In just 30 minutes from now, we're going to begin a homegoing service of someone who is in the prime of her life. And I was told this morning, in her same school, another teacher who was just 40 years old died last week. Two, two teachers in one school lost their lives unexpectedly. You don't know when it may be your last chance. And so you have to ask yourself, where do I stand with God? This is not about what people think about you. This is where you stand with God. Do me a favor and put your arms around somebody's shoulder. Amen. Come on, tell them again. So you can use I give myself give myself away anyone else who wants prayer you can come right now I don't whatever age you may be and you just want prayer you want God to bless you right now you want to make that commitment come just stand stand and stand in this our way right now and if you need we got we, we, we're touching and agreeing right now. Give myself away so you Listen. can use me. After we pray this prayer, here is a conversation you need to have with God. Am I pleasing to you, Lord? Am I living my life where you are my priority? Am I committed to something greater than myself? And if you want to make that commitment today, after we pray, if you would just meet me at this altar. God says, I want to bless you in ways that no one else can bless you. If God be for you, who can be against you? We are touching and agreeing today. The anointing is on this place. Some of you are praying for some of your sons and daughters and grands who are not here today. Maybe they're listening by way of internet. We all are touching and agreeing that God will bless in a special way. Amen, somebody. Lord, we thank you. We bless you this day. Thank you. We want to live like Enoch. No one needs to talk about our profession. <laughs> no one needs to talk about what we do for a living. But when it's all said and done, let them say that they live the life that was pleasing to God. <laughs> At the end of the day, if I can't please people, if I don't even do things that are always pleasing to myself, but if we can live our lives that's pleasing to you, then everything is going to be all right.
move Lord have your way we send you across the atmosphere penetrate the internet go through the radios wherever they're listening right now we send you there to transform their lives we declare war on misery we declare war on disappointment <laughs> and we say to depression you have no place uh, right here thank you Lord but we give ourselves to you Ooh, thank you in advance for what you're going to do it is in Jesus name we pray and the church said amen Amen. Put your arms around somebody and say, please God. Okay. Live to please God. If you want to make that commitment this morning, come on. Meet me at this altar. If you want to make that, you don't have to be perfect. You, if you just say, here I am, Lord. I, I, I want to commit to something greater than myself. Meet us at this altar. Just stand here. Amen. Amen. That's right. Wherever you are, come on. The elders or the ministers will have cards. Amen. Come on, God is calling you. Wherever you are, God bless you. So you can you give myself away. I give. If you want to, here I am, Lord. Whatever God wants, it's between you and God now. Lift those hands all over this place. Make that commitment. Clap your hands. Can I get some women of faith to just come and just surround this young lady? Come on, put your arms. I give, I give myself away. Maybe there's somebody else right now. That's right. Let me tell you something. The people that God's saving don't all look like you. They don't dress like you. And God said, you've tried it with them and they don't always pan out. I'm going to send you folk off the street. I'm going to send you folk that have tried everything. And their backs are against the wall. Is there anybody else before we have this closing prayer that just says, here I am, Lord. And you're tired of trying to make it on your own. And you know you need the Lord on your side. You... If you're here right now again, God, God says, come, step out on faith and watch God bless you. If you're here, God's calling you now. Amen. Everybody, point your hands this way. Lord, we thank you. We bless you. Thank you for the anointing that's surrounding right now. It is already done. It is already done in Jesus' name. Amen. Clap those hands and say, come on, yeah, yeah. Come on. Still.
worship God. We can praise God for her. Amen. Come on, we can clap our hands. Let's praise.